Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we interrupt our program through the book of Mark because this week we celebrate Christmas. It seems like we just did this a few weeks ago, but no, it's been a year and I'm just getting older and time is going faster. This special Christmas message was preached last year by Pastor Jim Harris on December 22nd. And true to his form of late, he's basing this Christmas message on a passage that you would not normally think of when you think about Bible passages that tell us about the birth of Christ. So this year, if you're not driving your car, open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. Why there? Well, because this is one of those places where the Apostle Paul teaches us what Christ's birth should mean to us. I love these sermons because they help me look at the celebration of Christmas through a new lens that I may not have considered before. And they always force me to look again through all the cultural accoutrements that now come along with the celebration of Christmas to see again the real meaning not just of the celebration, but what this means for my life every day of the year. Here is today's slice of the message entitled, God Sent Forth His Son. So Paul speaks and writes to the Galatians, and by extension, he writes to us because this is included in God's Word. He's writing as someone who grew up totally immersed not only in Judaism, but in Judaism's strictest group, the Pharisees. And he's explaining something from a perspective that he has that's very unique, having been a leader among the Pharisees, now being an apostle to the Gentiles. His logic is plain and powerful. Now, let's come to our text in Galatians chapter 4. Uh, it kind of Pains me a little bit to skip three chapters of a book and then jump in at chapter four, but you can read that on your own. I'll give you enough of a connection to understand that. Galatians chapter four, verse one. He says this Now I say, as long as the heir is a child, he does not differ at all from a slave, although he is owner of everything. Now that needs a little bit of explanation. In that culture, many ancient cultures, as a matter of fact, it was a common custom to have a ceremony at a prescribed age when a child, especially a boy, the male heir in the family, but it, was, it also applied to girls, there was the prescribed age when the boy would officially come of age, there was a ceremony, and he would take on the privileges and responsibilities of an adult. The Romans had their version of it. They called the ceremony of transition toga virilis. If that sounds like virile toga, that's because that's how you would translate it. He would, he would get a toga, get a ceremonial piece of clothing, and he would be declared a, a man now. He, he was the one who could produce the next generation. The Jews called theirs mitzvah. Have you ever heard Bar mitzvah, that means son of the covenant. Bas mitzvah for a girl, 
daughter of the covenant. And he's talking about that custom, and he's going to use that custom to explain what we have in Christ. Now, back in Galatians chapter 3, Paul has already begun playing on this custom. He has referred to the law of Moses, that whole old covenant thing. He has referred to the law of Moses as a tutor, or he used the word pedagogue. And he's been building on that culture's way of raising the next generation who were to become the heir of the family's holdings. The tutor had a very specific job. Make the boy go to school. Make him do his homework. Make him adhere to standards of conduct and and discipline. And tutors were expected to be hard on the boys under them. The punchline of Galatians 3, what leads right up to our text, is that the purpose of the law was to be a tutor to show you your sin so that you would be driven to receive by faith the justification that only God can give. We'll peek back just a little ways into Galatians chapter 3. He's recently said this in Galatians 3, 24 and 25. Therefore, the law has become our tutor to lead us to Christ that we may be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. So, when you have beaten down, been beaten down, recognizing the load of your sin, that's the proper working of the tutor. That's the work of the law in your life. When the Holy Spirit convicts you of sin and righteousness and judgment, when you choose to to turn from your sins and to accept the free gift of eternal life by faith in Christ Jesus because you know you, you could never be good enough on your own, that's the moment for you which is like the Son finishing His time under the tutor. The day of that ceremony that declares the son to be an adult, to be the heir of the father, that's a picture of the day that a person declares faith in Jesus Christ and becomes a fellow heir of God. And now he has learned from the tutor of his alienation from God. He has accepted the work of the law of God. To the Jew... That law was codified. It was everything we call the Old Testament. To the Gentile, if you read Romans chapter 2, whether it's written or not, it's written in the conscience. So we all come to the knowledge of sin through what God has made known of His own righteousness and holiness. Now, follow the analogy that Paul uses here. Until a boy in that culture was declared the heir, he was only potentially the owner of everything. As for how he was treated while under the tutor, he was like one of the slaves, one of the, one of the household servants. He really didn't have freedom on his own. But chapter 4, verse 2, he says, but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by the father. The father would set the date based upon the progress of the son. He, the father was the one who sets the date, and that was when the status would be changed. From that day on, 
The son was responsible as an adult, as a citizen on his own in society. Now, pay attention to the parallel that Paul uses. Look how verse 3 begins. So also we, while we were children, were held in bondage under the elemental things of the world. When he says, so also we, he's making a point by putting two things side by side. He's putting the plan of God for salvation alongside the ancient customs of training up the air. While we were children, he's referring to his own experience as a, as a Jew. He'd grown up under the law. He was under the tutor. He was a hard taskmaster. And he was not only under the tutor of the law, he was under all the perversions of the law that were created by the Pharisees. And so, he says, we were held in bondage. The child under the tutor, he didn't have any freedom. Um, We don't have any freedom by any system of religion to actually walk with God. Uh, On your own, you're on a spiritual treadmill to nowhere. The, the, the law is like the proverbial rocking chair when it comes to a relationship with God. It gives you plenty to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. And that's what Paul is saying about the law. It only, it, it only kept you under, in bondage under the elemental things of the world. Now, that's the toughest thing in this passage to interpret. Elemental things of the world. It, the Greek word is stoicheia. Uh, you, you can find many interpretations of it that have been applied to this passage over the centuries. Uh, some have said he's talking about demon spirits, the emissaries of Satan, who is the god of this world. Well, that doesn't wash to compare the law of Moses to uh, demonic things. Some say that the Greek word that is translated elemental things, they, they've noted in some cases it can be used of uh, elements of astrology. And yes, it can. The word is used that way sometimes in Greek literature. But um, that doesn't satisfy the breadth of the meaning that's required by this context. And Paul certainly wasn't talking about having formerly been in astrology. Now I'm in Christ. What he's saying is, Before you came to faith, whatever it was that governed your life, or if you haven't yet come to faith, whatever is governing your life, that's like the child's ABCs compared to the full understanding of things as an adult. The word stoicheia comes from a root that means row or rank or things that are arranged in rows or ranks, like like building blocks. So, um, when you were under any system, be it the law of Moses, be it following your own conscience, be it any other uh, religious system, that kept you in bondage. If we were to go down to verse 9 in chapter 4, which we're not going to to do, you'll find the same word is used there specifically for... Jewish rituals and ceremonies. So Paul was talking about his own personal experience having grown up under the law. He's also applying it to any other system of morality, system of uh, determining what's right and what's wrong, what your behavior ought to be. And until you come to Christ, you're held in bondage by whatever else you believe 
or trust in. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.